Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and hosted by Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman, this is X-Pac 12360. And now your host, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360. All right. What's up, Denise? I'm excited to get started on yeah, today's I topic. Tell. I've been try I've been wanting to talk about your TNA run since I started on this show, to be honest. Well, today's the day. Because we're gonna day. get we're gonna get deep into it. Cause I see uh well actually I looked at a little bit of your notes and like, you did a lot of prep for this, didn't you? Yeah, I tried going back and watching like a lot of stuff and sort of like refreshing my brain and kind of put the puzzle yeah. pieces together. So that was a lot of fun. And it's always really cool to kind of go back and see stuff because then you're like, oh man, like what would have been if this would have happened? Yeah. Or, you know, just different little things that kind of start piecing together. Cool. Well, um, well, let's get going. So, uh, hey, real quick. Um, Anything uh, like going on lately, like with you, maybe yeah, new podcast or I anything? I know. I'm so excited. So on Monday, I start my first Raw recap show with Fightful All right. with Sean Ross Sapp. So I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a new a new venture, a new audience, which is nice. So yeah. hopefully more people get to, you know, just make friends with people online. I love talking to people on Twitter about wrestling. Well, the nice ones. <laughs> I look forward to uh, seeing what you bring to the table over there because... Um, you sure do a lot uh, for me here. Thank so you. um you're gonna be great there. Uh and especially since, you know, <clears throat> I never watched the whole show of Raw or SmackDown or anything. So whenever you come in here all prepared to do a, a fucking review show with me, it's like, uh, eh, you know, I don't I, I didn't see half the shit that you want to talk about. So good. I'm happy for you. Um but uh and and so um, you know, you got all these notes, and that'll help me. Uh, that'll help me uh, recall some. Like so, because I mean, I have a good memory, but you know, I need something to to help you know right. stoke my memory a little bit. But so. it happens. There's so much to remember. Yeah. Like, oh my god, you know. Other side. No, there you go. No. Okay. No. No. Gone. Oh, there you go. I'm Denise had apart like on something. Podcast. I think it might have been a booger. Actually. Oh man! <laughs> what a terrible. <laughs> What a right. terrible way to get hey, started. So, and, <laughs> hey, so Ty, Ty's sick. Ty Matthews is usually with us uh, every week, and he's he's sick today. So yeah. hope you feel better, Ty. So, All right. Well, all right. let's well, just jump right into it. Let's go ahead and get started. So first of all, let's kick it off with how you got involved with TNA in the first place, and that sort of history behind that. Okay. I, I can't remember exactly... In, uh, uh, when it was that Jerry Jarrett reached out to me, uh, but I was still with WWE, and uh, okay, I was out hurt. Uh, it was like in it might have been late two thousand and one or early two. No, it was early two thousand and two, and uh, and Scott and Kev just 
came back to work for Vince and, you know, doing the NWO thing. And I was out, I was out, uh, you know, recuperating from neck injury. And, uh, and I got, I, Jerry reached out to me and, you know, he laid out the whole, you know, idea and the whole plan. And, um, I just told Jerry at the time, I'm like, I'm still, you know, still under contract and I'm a, Probably gonna go back into this top storyline WWE right now with NWO. So like, I'm like, well, you know, let me see how that goes. And I don't know. I never really, I didn't really think about leaving at the time. But uh, I, you know, it was cool that Jerry reached out to me and uh, and that. So uh, then in July of that same year, after you know, after the whole NWO thing play you know played itself out and you know scott ended up you know getting sent home and uh uh kev blew his quad out and uh you know vince was you know he'd fucking he threw his both arms up in the air when it came to the nwo thing and you know he just wasn't happy with any but uh a, a situation happened with me at um and this was dirt okay I'm I'm getting off into the weeds already. <laughs> so, anyways, I ended up leaving in July. Like, why I left that, we can save that for another another okay. show. Um, but um, when I did finally get to my my release, um, I I'd said I kind of had a, a a little bit of an agreement with. With Jerry, just tentatively, you know, he kind of laid out, you know, what they would pay me and everything. It was a lot, pretty good money. It was like six, six grand a show. And the whole idea was, um, you know, a Wednesday pay-per-view. And, I mean, I, you know, the concept was good. And, you know, it was going to be a cheap pay-per-view, like five or ten bucks. I can't remember exactly. Ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And... In the name TNA, and, and anyone can say what they want about that and, you know, uh, in relation to, you know, like acronym for tits and ass. Yeah. But it was a double entendre and it was designed that way. I wonder if it actually worked. I've always wondered that to this well, day. It was just because, you know, Jerry's idea was uh, that, you know, anything could go. It was on pay per view. So even, you know, and, and there were women dancing in cages and shit during the early. You saw it, yeah. right? Whatever. Uh, and there's a lot of quest- questionable shit on TNA early days not just the early days anyways um yeah so that was kind of the whole idea and it would be an adult oriented show and uh um you know and the price point would be low so like you know the whole idea was a lot of people would tune in and i'm not sure exactly how many people ever tuned in to it but uh you know i'm not sure what the buy rates were on those or or even like what the clearance was you know but it's funny because as you go back and you watch some of these episodes, you see that more and more yeah. they're, you know, inside the asylum. Like it was yeah. starting to sell out where like every every time they had their shows, they had the sure. full 1,000 people. I know at some other shows they had to turn people away because they were getting viewers, yeah. which was good, you know? Yeah, well, the, the see, I wasn't on the very first one. That was, I think it was in Birmingham. And Scott was on that, actually. Scott, Ken Shamrock, I think he became the world champion there. Um. Uh, uh, Toby Keith, the country singer. Oh yeah, 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 you know? yeah. 
Remember, I can't remember. I'm giving somebody a big vertical suplex. It was a hell of a suplex. Um, anyway, so yeah, and then they moved to Nashville for the weekly show. Right. But uh, um, oh shit, where was I? So you were basically Thanks. talking about how you got involved and yeah. Jerry Jarrett, how he pitched this idea right. to you, the storyline, etc., yes. and your thoughts. And there about was how money was behind going. this. There was money behind this from Health South. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what Health South is. It's like this. Anyways, Health South is like a. I don't want to say it wrong, but anyways, um, Dr. Andrews, who does all the or- orthopedic surgeries on, you know, I mean, he did Hunter's, you know, quad, like, he did all, he does, he's done a ton of guys. I mean, he's top orthopedic sur- surgeon in the whole country. And, uh, you know, football players, everything like that. And that was where the money was coming from initially. And so, you know, Supposedly the money thing was all set, and then, you know, all the things happened with me, and, and I ended up getting my release. And when I did, I called Jerry on the phone. I remember, I think I was actually driving on my way here from Minnesota with all my shit on the back in, the, in a U-Haul trailer, and I was like, "Hey, Jerry, I got my release," and he's like, "Sean, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do the." his yeah. impression, but you know, he's like, "You're never gonna believe this," and I'm like, "Oh, fuck." He goes, you know, he talked about how that Health South had some big financial problems and they pulled pulled out, you know, of the deal. And uh, he's like, what could you possibly work for me for? And I'm like, Jerry, whatever you can pay me. Wow. You know, because that's not why I left WWE. Right. Like, I didn't, like, go, okay, I got this plan. I'm leaving. I'm going to go help them start. It was like some other shit happened. Right. You know, Um. so... Yeah, that was it. I, I, so I ended up, I think I was getting like two, three grand. The, it's, so I think my first, I was getting three grand a week at first, or so three grand a shot. When you were pitched this idea about, you know, what you were going to do and, you know, how they had like this whole like adult content sort of yeah. stuff, what was your initial thoughts of the company and what were certain things that you liked about it and maybe you weren't too crazy about? Mm. I don't know, because at, at that time, I got, you know, we were the Attitude Era, and we were kind of coming up the end of that, and so I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't, nothing was, nothing he said really turned me off, like, none of the adult content stuff, obviously, because, right. you know, um, I don't know, I, I was pretty, trying to keep a positive attitude about it, and, you know, Jerry's really smart, <coughs> And uh, and Jerry had a lot of faith in me. He was part. He was Jerry Jarrett's the reason why Marty Janetti and I were tag team champions in 1994. But uh, um, anyways, yeah. No, I just I was just. A, and plus, I had a lot going on. I just got together. You know, I, I left. I left. I left my wife and family, and you know, had some craziness and relationships and then at the time i'd just gotten together with with china and so like that was 
you know, all the TNA stuff was kind of a secondary to me, really. Yeah, and everything was sort of coming all together, but was new for you, like yeah. everything in, in both your personal and, and private life. So let's go ahead and jump into September 18, 2002. This is when you officially made your debut uh, against Scott Hall, I'm sorry, with Scott Hall as yeah. his tag team partner, and you guys went into the gauntlet for the gold to determine the NWA tag team champions. Uh, it was a battle royal. You guys didn't eventually end up winning, so it was America's Most Wanted that ended up winning. Yeah. But I want to know, since you guys were the biggest names at that point, how come you guys didn't start uh, right away get the NWA tag team titles? Uh, you know, it's just it's the the whole thought of you know we'll bring these guys in to help elevate the other guys, and we didn't need you know championships. I think that was the the thought there, and also we we're expensive. <laughs> you know, and so if we're the champs and then they can't afford to pay us anymore, then they got to go through the whole thing of taking the titles off of us. And so, you know, and I'm then, pretty sure that's why. So like literally afterwards, a week later, you had it was you, Scott Hall versus primetime elite skipper and Brian Lawler. Brian yeah. Lawler. And then after the, after this, Scott Hall ended up leaving and you ended up te- teaming up with BG James Road yeah. Dog. So, you know. I, in terms of how this all came together, you had a few tag team matches, but then eventually you went into the yeah. X Division. Would you have liked to automatically just jump into the X Division? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, you had a lot going on. Like, uh, Also, I just started getting into using crystal meth. Oh. Yeah, so like a lot, you know, my mind was... Uh, I my, my judgment was wasn't the best i mean even not fucked up my judgment wasn't the best you know so did you feel like maybe you didn't want to jump into that right away uh, and you still needed to do maybe some tag team stuff or did, I that, did that play into not that really it's just you know um i don't know denise i was I, thinking back I, I can't remember having any strong thoughts about that one way or another i think i was you know they they were calling it the X division, so it wasn't it wasn't called you know light heavyweight or right. cruiserweight or you know or whatever. But I was still kind of not wanting to be pigeonholed into that you know the smaller guy category. You know I had worked so hard to you know break out of you know, and so I was more wanting to be in that NWA title picture. Wow, that's really yeah. interesting to me because, you know, personally, as a person that's watched Impact like throughout the years, et cetera, my favorite has always been the X Division because, you know, I just love sure. the stuff that, you know, the guys that we're doing throughout the years have done. So so then let's just go ahead and jump into it. So, um, you know, you say you wanted to get away from that, but on October 9, 2002, uh, there was the X Division ladder match for the title, which yeah. you, weren't, you weren't in, but you ended up coming in uh, towards the end and ended up getting that title. And it was this night that you actually became the first and only wrestler to win both the WCW Cruiserweight Championship, the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship, and the TNA X Division Champion. So being a pioneer of, you know, what you wanted to get away from, what were your thoughts then on that? You know, the funny thing about that is I think I was still technically the WWE Light Heavyweight Champion at that time. I definitely had the belt because I, Jerry Jarrett, he, he asked me if I had anything to donate for this breast cancer charity uh, auction and I gave him the the belt for that. <laughs> they got like four grand for it. Oh man! Yeah. But you didn't get in trouble Side for story. that, or? What are they gonna do? Oh wow! Okay, so 
did you care? Did you see like the big significance in that at at that point of being how holding these three titles, being the first and only wrestler? Never thought about it. Really? What about now? Now, like, do you look back at that and think like you know maybe this was a big deal? Yeah, looking back, yeah, looking back at it. You know, because at the time you're just doing this thing, and you know the company's brand new, and you don't know if it's going to last. Because there's some, it's been a, you know, tons of promotions that have come and gone that supposedly had big plans and big money, and so maybe you know, you didn't so see it going like, anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So now, but um, that, that's like one of those shows. Like I think maybe even that first one is where Jerry Jarrett he came up to me and Scott, and he's like, "Hey, please, will you talk to these people?" You know, we're trying to get them to invest. And, and Scott and I, we talked to the Carters. And we, like, Dixie's brother actually told me that we were the reason. Scott and I, we're the ones that talked them into buying TNA. Really? Absolutely. What, what, what did you guys say? I don't remember. We just talked, you know, <laughs> talked about their love for wrestling and the need for competition. Because I was always under the assumption, because I heard, or I'm, you, maybe you can correct me on this, but I thought Jeff Jarrett already knew Dixie Carter yeah. going back, because I think they went yeah, to but high that school or college mean, together or something I, like that. There was, there was a history there somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that you know, the family was ready to put millions of dollars in, you know, into wrestling. Right. So how did you feel when they said, like, you guys were part of the reason that, or the reason that we decided to, to you know, invest? Well, the, when when Dixie's brother actually told me that, it was a few years down the road. Oh, okay. So how and I was like, so by. does that mean I've got heat with you? I mean, because I don't know how many millions of dollars they had lost at that point, you know? So... But I'm yeah. sure they had to know that, you know, like, going into it, like, hey, we're probably going to be losing some money until we make some mm, money. I... You would think, Denise, but really, like, people that get into wrestling, like, as financial backers, never know what the fuck they're getting into. Ever. But it's weird because, like, even fans that just know this, like, you already know, like, know. okay, you're going to lose money because, you know, history repeats itself. Yep. If anything, you learn from history. Yep. So, you know, it takes sure. wi- a while for people to make money or yeah. at least, you know, get back what they invested yep. that night, and you then, know? And- yeah, and and also people they bring in there, they figure if there's this big gravy train or if like you know there's a cash cow, it's like oh let me get my friends and get them in on this, you know? Right. So that you know it's, it's just how it just it's always it's always more than what people bargain for. And it's crazy because it almost say. seems like that was the pattern that kept repeating itself itself even years later with companies still coming in to you know sort of save sure. impact when yeah. they were on their last legs. Yeah. So during this X Division ladder match, this is when you also ca- cost AJ Styles his bout, which then led yeah. into your hey, guys' match. so that match. ladder match. Uh, if you go back and watch it, I had to... So I, gave, I came in and I... Belly to back, suplex, AJ off the top of the ladder. But they had the ladder all like, I don't know, it was set so close to the edge of the ring that I had to, in midair, turn him. If you watch, if you go back and watch, in midair, I don't even know how I did it. I turned him and set him down just right. So we would have been all up in the ropes and shit, and somebody might have gotten hurt. Wow. Wow. So then this eventually led into your first match on Impact with AJ Styles. So now, at this point, how many times had you worked with AJ? Never. Never. So that was officially the first time. Yeah. Were you at all? And that was, I don't know if you've ever read the story or heard the story about me going in to a match with AJ 
all whacked out on meth. Yeah, I just and didn't I know was, which match it was. That was this one. It was this one. Yeah, the really? first one. So we never worked together. He doesn't know what to expect. We're going on live pay-per-view, and he's trying to put a match together with me for hours. And I'm in this little, st- there's a bathroom stall, right, in the dressing room. And it's just, and I'm in there, you know, shooting fucking meth in my veins. Man. Yeah. Did you, and obviously, so... <clears throat> Did AJ know this? He knew this, right? He didn't when- know exactly what was going on, but he, you know, bless his heart. I don't like because he was a young kid. Yes. Like he didn't have yes the, all the experience in the world. He had just been wrestling for like what a few years. Yeah, and I just said, "Don't worry, it'll be fine." And it was. I mean, if you go and watch yeah. a match, other than other than the part where I forget what the finishes and we just keep going and like go over our time and everything and end up doing like a DQ or some shit like it's because I forgot what the fucking finish was supposed to be so it's funny because now you're answering all my questions because one of them was going to be that I noticed you had a very different energy during this match like there is a person like like, raging and I was like okay maybe he's just really hyped that because I'm calling it all in there to AJ on the fucking fly. That's what I was also going to ask if you guys even when he goes to the floor I'm like hey catch me and I just you know and I go Fine, because I'm just hoping he's going to catch me. And it's funny because when you say that that's the reason why this DQ happened, I was thinking to myself, you know, why did they decide to end it like this on the DQ? And I know they were the trying to continue the feud, but the way it ended, it was just kind of like, okay, you shoved the referee. All right, big deal. Yeah. Woohoo. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. Because then else we would have just kept on going. And there was one match after that. Like that, right. we were taking time up from the main event, like the main event, main event. We were like semi or some shit. Well, one of the things that I also noticed. So, in- real quick. So, yeah. um, our both of our agent, like uh, his name is Bill Barons. Mm-hmm. He's you know, at the time he was working kind of like as a producer, production guy, and he was at the gorilla position. And when AJ was getting ready to go out first, and AJ was like, "Man, I don't know what's going to happen here," but you know, so he was just kind of like, "Man." I think he probably said a prayer and just hoped for the best. Wow. You know, and it turned out pretty goddamn good, actually. Yeah, like, cause Other than the I, like I said, I had heard that that was a story, yeah. but I didn't know specifically <clears throat> which AJ yeah. ma- uh, and match I'm not, it was. Like, this is, this is uh, I mean, it's fucking ridiculous I did that. Like, I'm not, this is in no way me glorifying, bragging. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, you know, and it's, thank God nobody got hurt in any of that you know but at least you're able to look at it now you know and not you know look at it differently sure. i guess you can say and talk about that and be be open sure. and honest about it did you and aj ever later on in the future ever talk about this a little bit really yeah just say you know did he, he just ever got, say like man what he was you the thinking? one that told me that he was telling bill barons that right before he went through the oh okay curtain. he's the one who told yeah. you yeah because i think this a couple years ago i was like hey man by the way i'm really sorry for you know that <laughs> yeah so like, oh, yeah i mean and when you look back you know you can kind of chuckle or whatever and, you know because everything turned out okay but it i guess was it was a big so lesson ridiculous. learned for aj of you know i don't know an experience yeah. for him at least yeah. you know because you're going in there and obviously you know, he's already you know being in this match with you is already probably nerve-wracking enough and then you know he's not as experienced at this point yeah. and one of the things that was interesting mm. about this match is that i know that one of the criticisms that aj styles was receiving during this time was that he was told he did too much and he did too mm-hmm. much and he did too fast but i saw that during this match 
match, you guys worked more of your style. Exactly. So I thought, oh, maybe Sean is trying to teach him how to work this like slower paced style or just, you know, a little different, have him not do so much during this match. Well, that was part 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 of it. So it was yeah. intentional? That part, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, regardless of anything, that's how the pacing of the match would have went. All right. So what were your thoughts on AJ after this match? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, he was great to work with. I mean, obviously, there was the lack of experience, and it showed in certain things. Uh, you know, man, that's not the AJ you see today, obviously. Right. It was, like, arguably best in the world. Um, you could kind of tell, like, if if he stayed the course that, you know, he would be a pretty big star in the industry, a really big one. Like, eventually sure. get there. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, you guys had your rematch a week later, no DQ. Uh, when it comes to both of these matches, which one did you like the most? I was more comfortable with the second one, but the first one was better. Because okay. we, I was able to be, you know, uh, just pay attention to the crowd more instead of having stuff already planned out. You know, so I was able to just always be mindful of where the people were and, were, and you know, call things from that perspective instead of going, okay, this is what we had planned in the back. So we got to do this. So, you know, it's just, it's, like I said, you, you're more comfortable. It's like having a, you know, safety net. We call it working with, a, working with a net or working without a net. I don't know if you've ever heard that right. expression, yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, I was fine working without a net, and most people aren't. But I, he he really rose to the occasion on that. And the second one was fine too. It's like the second match was good. Just it wasn't it wasn't as good as the first one. So was the plan always to have a short reign for the X Division belt for you? I have no idea. No, you, you guys never talked about that. No. That was not one of the things that you discussed no. prior. No. So automatically, when you spoke with Jerry the first time, did you already know you were going to go in and start working with AJ off the bat? No, I didn't. No. Okay. No, I didn't have any creative plans really. You know, other than uh, you know, going to be one of the top guys. All right, so now we're coming almost towards the end of this 2002 run for you. Uh, but basically, during this match, Brian Lawler costed you the match for this one between AJ, therefore losing the bout. And then afterwards, you had a next, you had a match with him where mm-hmm. you defeated him. And then after that, you left the company. So why did you leave the first time in 2002? And also, well, at first, answer, you can answer that part first. Um, <clears throat> so Russo came in. Yes. Right? And I was, I had, to, I had a pretty strong loyalty to to Jerry, to, to Jeff's dad, Jerry Jarrett. And there's some, and I want to get off too deep into it because I can't remember the details like I I want to, if, if I'm going to dive into it too much. Uh, but there was a situation where I found out that... Um, they were trying to get power away from Jerry, Jeff, Jeff and right. Vince together. And I told Jerry about it and Jerry didn't believe me. And then Jerry, like, I think the next day or like later on in the evening or something, he called me back basically crying, you know, saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe they did. They're doing that to me. Well, his own son, that's a little. Yeah. And then, so 
you know, I was fucking pissed about it because I love Jerry. You know, I love Jeff too or whatever, but it's, you know. Different loyalty? Yeah. It, it, and it was just a matter of like a like a sense of right and wrong, you know? And uh, and also, I wasn't the, I wasn't the biggest Vince Russo fan. Um, I liked him as a human being, you know, and a lot of people say that. I just, I had tons of, you know. Never saw eye to eye? Not on creative stuff. Not on, not on a lot of stuff. On some. Okay. Because you know, I made a lot of money with Vince Russo during Add to Dare when he was there, you know. Right. Uh, but there was a lot of his ideas I didn't like. And so, and I did not like how they did this behind the scenes, you know behind Jerry's back and so when Jerry found out he was he couldn't believe it in any ways but what happened is they took that real life thing and turned it into a fucking angle yep and it pissed me off to no end and I was like fuck it well, even be, when you returned, commentary was really pushing that. They were like, Sean Waltman said he'd never returned. I, w- I think it was Mike Tanay or somebody. He said, he said, I was in the room when he told Vince Russo that, you know, he would never work with him again. And this I and never that. said that. Well, that was what I don't, he said I don't in recollect ever so saying that. So I don't but, know if that know. was true or they yeah. were just trying to push the storyline yeah. at that point. But before we jump into 2003, um, I just wanted to go back really quick to 2002 and ask you why also you my drug heard- use was a part of that. I can't blame it all on Vince Russo and their little behind the scenes maneuverings. I was using a lot, you know, I already said that. Yeah. And so, you know, that had something to do with me not showing up as well. So one of the questions I did want to ask though, in your first run for TNA, why didn't you work with Jerry Lynn during the first run? I don't know. Was he there? Yeah. Huh, I don't know. Okay. Well, you ended up working with him afterwards, but I was just curious as to why that didn't happen right away. Okay, so then 2003, you come back, you return for the one year anniversary show, which is you know now known as Slammiversary, June 18, 2003. At this point, AJ Styles has just won the NWA title. So, speaking about what we just spoke about with everything that went down and you not seeing eye to eye uh, with Vince Russo, why did you return? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Because I definitely wasn't in, in the shape to be doing it, and which if you go back and watch it, I wrestled in a goddamn yeah, jumpsuit I was gonna to cover you. my body up because I was like, I don't know, I probably wasn't happy with the way I looked. I, was, I probably felt like I was sucked up from all the drugs, and I might have had some track marks on my fucking on my arms or something, you know, um, that I was ashamed of, embarrassed of. Is um, it hard watching like? If you go back and watch that stuff now and seeing where you were, is that hard for you? Uh, I'm not sure because I'm not trying to go back and watch it. Okay. I just, I do remember, you know, I remember the match was okay. Well, one of the things I wanted to bring up was that this was Sting's first match in the U.S. since WCW closed March 2001. So it was you and AJ versus Sting and Jeff Jarrett. And, um, I barely made it there for that. Like, it was, it was hard to get me. Anywhere, I was totally unreliable at the time. So Joni and you- I, Joni and I's relationship was a, a mess, you know, and and it already like some of the stuff was already public that we were a fucking, you know, train wreck couple and all that. So and she was there with me, and that was kind of a oh, distraction. she was there that night. And she yeah, and just yeah, fuck. So. <laughs> 
So that explains then why you only had that one match in 2003 yeah. during that. And I mean, you once, have, no, did you have any interest in that point to do more? Or you were I, just too busy with other stuff. I was too, you know, my mind was so fucking whacked out at the time, and uh, I really had no business in the in the ring. And I think they could tell, right? You know, did anybody say anything to you? No, I don't think so. They're just like, okay, you do you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted me if I was them at that point. So. Well, afterwards, you did, we didn't see you 2004, but you did come back February 2005. TNA at this point was already on Fox Sports Net. Uh, you yeah. had a couple of matches, but this is actually my favorite run of yours in TNA, which was 2005, because yeah. you had a lot of really good matches. Starting off in May, uh, you actually replaced Jeff Hardy in a match against Raven for the Clockwork Orange House, a fun match on Hard Justice. And the cool thing about this is this is not your typical match that you've worked, you know, prior so what was your experience working this hardcore style of a match with raven oh ray scotty's really smart smart worker and so i mean it was and it was good we i think i think the match was a good match you guys did a lot there was a lot of really good moments in this match and that's why did you at any point like not want to do certain things or you were down to do anything everything I, i was down to do more than scotty Really? Scotty wasn't like for a guy that was like in ECW and all that. Like he wasn't as I think mean, be the first to admit he didn't like to get hit as hard as I did. Wow. Yeah, and just a lot of the crazy stuff that I was willing to do. You know, he was willing to give it to me, but he wasn't willing to take. Well, there was a spot that I, I remember in this match where you know they had the fences up, yeah. and then there was like a little opening and they really pushed the fact that you were like so tiny and you can barely make your way in there but you made your way in there but you barely were there for like a second and then you dove off it was crazy because seeing that it almost seemed like you were barely getting into position and you just went for it is that when I went through the table on the floor yeah you you snuck through the little uh, through the the fences so you were barely like making your way there and I was just like oh man Sean just Mm. went for that like he didn't even think twice about that and it didn't feel like you were like exactly in position you just like went for it yeah. so i was like oh man like no it was a fun match scott yeah. was fun to work with and you know we um everything worked how we we hoped it would um um and, and so like for for me being a replacement in a match like that i thought like everything worked out great right because that's a kind of match that's like almost like a you know uh, a blow off to a feud, not just two random guys going together, right? Yeah. So, but you do what you can, right? And you know, some Jeff was having Jeff Hardy was having issues at the time, and so it's crazy. Like another dude with issues coming in, and, and you were replacing <laughs> him. Yeah. Having yeah, said and I think he issues. might have returned the favor at some point too. <laughs> and the guy fucked off, and you oh, know, no showed, and he probably had to do the same for me. Oh, man. All right. And then afterwards, uh, let's move on to your King of the Mountain match for the NWA title at Slammiversary. So this was the reverse ladder match. It was Raven, Monty Brown, Abyss, yourself, and AJ with Raven ended up winning. But what was you what what did you think of the concept of this reverse ladder match? I know this was barely the second one that they had. But were you a fan of it? Were you a fan of the penalty box and all of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was easy to follow. Like, I don't think it was Because a lot of fans complained that it was too convoluted. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think so. I I, I didn't. I thought, like, once the... Maybe explaining the rule? I don't know. I, I just think once the match happened, I don't think it was hard to follow at all. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. And it was... It was for... 
Raven to become the NWA champion. Mm-hmm. But, and so, like, um, I think I've, I've told this before. Um, Ray, like Raven, when you try to put a match together with it, it was really difficult. It was really difficult because he's like he's a brilliant guy, so he always thinks his ideas are better than everyone else's, and it can be a fucking like filibuster situation or just a gridlock trying to get so, shit done. So we had like somebody from production like pull Scotty out of the room and say they needed him for something while we put the majority of the fucking match no. together. Oh, yeah. Was he pissed? He was not happy. Well, By the time imagine. you come back, we'd already had everything laid out. And it's like, fuck, fuck, you're winning the goddamn belt. The fuck <laughs> out of here. So he was known for this then, for not... It was hard to put stuff together with. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. What were your thoughts on Abyss? Oh, he was great. He was great. <laughs> like, he's a... he's. He's just the sweetest guy. Uh, you know, he's the absolute opposite of the monster. It's like, I don't want to ruin his deal. But I, I mean, he's just such oh, a sweetheart. Oh, I think it's known. Like, yeah. it's definitely known that whenever he's a very some, nice person. Whenever, um, like, I go, I've, have I ever given you the, the best impression? I don't think so. You know, he's like, hey, I love you, Sean. Are you mad at me? He'd always want to know if you're mad at him. He's just such a nice guy. I heard him once in an interview, and I think he said that he was running a few minutes late or something. And when he came on air, he was, like, so apologetic yeah. and so nice. Like, please forgive me. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. I, I think I got hot at, at him in this match. And I think I kind of, like, opened up on Why? him a little bit. Because he didn't catch AJ right. Oh. And I, I don't know. I think I was, like, <laughs> pretty oh. aggressive with him over it. I'm sure he must have felt bad afterwards. Yeah, I think he came up to me. Are you mad at me? That sucks. Did yeah. you tell him you were okay? Like, I'm not mad at you? No, I think I was mad at him. Oh, so, so yeah. okay. So you were mad at him. Okay, okay. But not, like, afterwards. Just yeah. at the time. All right. Uh, but I, it was a good match. It was a fun match. And there was a cool thing that set up a... a you know, singles match for AJ and I. Yeah, because you guys were working together, yeah. but then didn't end up going that way, and then that yeah. led to your to your. I told, um, like I acted like I was helping. Like here, go get the belt, AJ. And then as he's on his way up, I hit him in yeah. the balls and gave him my finish off the top of the ladder. Which was cool because then this led to your match at No Surrender, July two thousand five, and so now, okay. Uh, and Jerry Lynn was also the special guest referee yeah. for this. So with this match, I love this match. By the way, I think uh, th- I think out of like these ones so far, like this one was my favorite. But at this point, you know, you guys had worked several matches before. You know, we had a few. You know, in the past, we just spoke about. What were your thoughts on AJ now as a you know as a wrestler now that you know? think what three years had gone by since your guys's first match well I, I i don't remember ever sitting down and going hmm let me evaluate how aj styles is doing <laughs> well, right you, now just when you're, you're just going the ring and you just feel the I, difference right it was he was progressing very nicely he was making a lot of progress uh on his way to becoming the performer he is today how did you feel about your performance i was happy with it yeah i was happy with that um yeah i think they were I, I think I was in Puerto Rico right before that, like like literally days before that, and I'm pretty sure somebody actually called down there and had like the promoter like I was down there working for Carlos Colon, and I'm pretty sure like Dutch Mantel or somebody called down and asked them to like put me up at some place that was away from all the craziness, like like to make sure I showed up to the TNA pay per view, right? 
So, oh, wow. Yeah. They were concerned I wasn't going to make it from Puerto Rico to TNA. Dang. Yeah. Were you weren't concerned? Like, you knew, like, hey, I'm going to show know. up. I, I'm going to be there. Or were no, you just kind of, like, winging it? I was just kind of going day by day, doing my thing, living my, you know, living, having my, I was just existing kind of at the time. You know, it wasn't, like, like a, the life that I have now. Like, I'm, you know, um, I was just getting through life, you know, getting fucked up every chance I could get. You know, just I wasn't happy. You know, I was still beating myself up over a lot of things. Which so. is crazy, though, like, if you don't mind me saying, because going back and seeing your matches from this period, it was just, like, you know, incredible. Thanks. You know, and yeah. seeing you that work. That was with- definitely not the best version of me, and I, I'm glad that I, but I still did pretty good. You think it's not the best version of you, but then and you go back and you watch. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thing. When you go back and you watch a lot of matches, sometimes they don't hold up. Or, like, let's yeah. say you felt a certain way about a match, and you're like, oh, this match was incredible. Let me rewatch it X amount of years later. You go back and you're like, I don't know what I really saw in this match. Yeah. But that's not how it felt with this one's here. You know, you go back and you're like, you know what? Like, this match holds up. Like, if I were to see it next week, it holds up. Thanks. You know, so that's yeah. the cool thing and about I just, it. The thing I like about, like, those matches is the pacing, right? Because, I mean, we do things and we're quick and there and our movements are sudden and And you're crisp. the bigger guy for, for once in yes, this part. Yes, but, I mean, we're still, we're taking our time and pacing this match so you can follow everything and digest everything and the commentators can tell the story on their end and you're not just fucking doing one thing after another as fast as you can, you know? Right. So so then, uh, basically, the finish of this match ended up working into your match with Jerry Lynn. So Jerry yeah. Lynn knocked your hands off the rope, and then AJ was able to get the Styles Clash yep. on you. So that's a neat finish, I thought. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that one, actually. And then, okay, so move on over to this then led to your match with Jerry Lynn. August 2005, August, uh, sorry, August 14, 2005, TNA Sacrifice. So, at this point, how long had it been since you'd wrestled Jerry Lynn? Um, 2000 and... Oh, wait. Did I have a match with him in WWE? I, do, I don't. I think your last ones were then it was in, GF, in, yeah, in 90, GWF. Then it would have been 91. So, like, maybe, like, 15 or years or so. Yeah. Okay. So, I know that Jerry Lynn was going into this match. He had, this was his first match in two years since because he was coming off of a shoulder injury. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting as well. So it was just kind of cool to kind of see you guys like go head to head with a style that you you guys you know essentially kicked off and pioneered together. Yeah. So with this one, oh, there was a spot where you took the suplex uh, from the from the ring to yeah. the ground. What was that like? It hurt because I landed flat and like it jarred every like you know everything in my body. Like uh, yeah, everything reverberated. It, wasn't pleasant, but it was worth it. I know because you usually see that tease, and then you know because yeah. it wasn't like it some people take that and and uh, they'll take it kind of off to the side or whatever. But I took it fucking flat. You could hear the smack, yeah. right? You can hear that. Yeah, you hit. can hear it yeah. for sure. So, what's this feud supposed to continue? Because we didn't get like a follow up after this, so was that just like the end? I think so. Just the end. All right, because then and that's that's too bad because um, you know I thought that was really good in the little couple little you know backstage segments. Right. I don't know if you saw any like promos or I anything. Saw a few. You know, I thought they were kind of good. You know, uh, and I don't know. I don't. I don't remember what happened there, but I just remember. 
team, you know, doing the Candido Cups. And yeah, thing, so I you teamed with Alex Shelley yeah. after this, and you guys won the Chris Candido Invitational, yeah. and that earned you guys a shot for the NWA Tag Team Titles. Uh, but then you were eventually replaced by yeah. jo- by Johnny for, yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> <coughs> so this was this was the event that you know showed, correct? Yeah, the tag yeah. team. Alex Shelley and I were supposed to become the TNA tag team champions, and I know showed. And then yeah, after that, that, we didn't see you come back until the following year for for really just one match. I really love teaming with Alex, Alex Shelley. What was that like? Because he's been he's such a great competitor. Yeah. I think no, it was a super great guy. Just I, um. He was really, he was really appreciative of teaming with me, and I felt really shitty that I let him down because he was so happy to be teaming with me. And I was happy to be teaming with him, but you know, and we would have been the TNA tag team champions. And did you, you guys know. ever talk about that afterwards? Like, hey, I'm sorry, uh, he this mentioned happened. it to me. He mentioned it to me not that long, like probably like last year. Him and I communicated a little bit, and you know, I mean, you know, he understood what I was going through, right. I mean, there's a reason I wasn't still in the WWE. It's because I was fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that wasn't I wasn't fucked up when I left WWE. But as far as like, you know, there's no way I could have worked in WWE in that condition. Right. Because at that point, it was just was it progressing for you? Like yeah, gradually it progressing, worse. it was getting worse at the time. Well, and then I'd gotten better, and then you know, um, uh, I like I was at a rehab stint in there and came back out and. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know, I wasn't even, I don't think I was really like, there was a lot of partying going on in TNA. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like with everybody? Not everybody, and I'm not naming names, but right. a lot of people Majority. were doing not just pot, you know, uh, and some could handle it better than others. And I just wasn't one of them. Right. Um, but we would do we would do a pay per view on Sunday, and then because they didn't want to run up against WWE Raw on Monday, we would skip Monday and do TV on Tuesday. So we'd have a day off. And that day off oh, was like fuck. your <laughs> forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh my god. Like. No work on Monday, you know? No sleep on Monday yeah, There you go. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so a lot of those, like, you'll see me in some of those matches where I had, I've been out for two, two, three days, whacked out. Yeah. So then, all right, so then after that, like you said, you didn't come back like until... I was hallucinating shit, even, and still, like, trying to play it off and present well. Like, I'm not, like, seeing crazy things going on, like... Was it scary to eyes. you? Like, yeah, hey, I like I know for a fact that can't be real, but I'm seeing it. I regardless. didn't know for a fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was really crazy. I was really fucking crazy at the time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a whole. That's another story in of itself, too. Like, I mean, it was really. Yeah, like I'd be on the way to the ring and I'd see like deep, like crazy shit like in the corner of my eyes or I would see like, like I, would, I would look in the out of a reflection of a mirror or a window. I would see like it would look like there's fucking, you know, things there like it's just, you know, whatever, whatever they were, demons fucking 
I don't know what the fuck they were, Denise, but... So when you were out there, was it hard to focus? Like, because you're being distracted, I guess? Uh, once I got in, you know, once I went through the curtain, all that stuff stopped. Okay. It wasn't like I was in the middle of the ring getting hit and I could see fucking E.T. off in the corner <laughs> fucking laughing at me or something, but... Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And, was, and, and you know, so you, and you, you don't want people to know you're going through that and thinking you're crazy and... Did you ever reach out to anybody like there and confide no. in them? Say, hey, I'm going no. through this. There were some other people that were. People reach out to you, maybe. No, I'm. Just, I'm saying there were some other people that were working there at the time that may have had something similar going on. So it wasn't like you were the only one. Maybe to that extent, but right, because everyone's everyone's different, you know. Or, but yeah, so definitely wasn't the only one doing. That drug. So. All right. So then afterwards, we saw you come back for one more match in 2006. It was yourself versus Raven. You came in as Larry Zabisco's hand-picked opponent. Um, and then we tried to have another hardcore-style match, and it wasn't really that good. No. It's like we we overthought things and tried to do things. that Like this fucking spot where he puts me in a... Uh, a shopping cart and rolls me off the like it sounded good on paper like oh it'll be a hell of a crash and burn spot but it was it was like forced and it wasn't nearly as good as the house of fun match okay so then at this point you were still kind of just going day by day seeing yeah. whether or not so that's why you didn't appear yeah. more have any plans and then have, there was there like wsx plans. started going on at the time okay yeah yeah you know and and so like shifted focus that was a thing and then you know, I was under contract for them. They did try to get me back at one point. In, uh, TNA? TNA? Yeah. Okay. They reached out to me after I showed up in in the ring with DX in Tampa. And it made all the, like, it got a big, you buzz. know, buzz going. They wanted to hire me back then. You know, and but I was doing that WSX. I, I don't know. I was I was tied up somehow with them. All right. Well, then fast forward four years later, you did end up coming back. This was this would essentially be your last run at yeah. TNA. You returned when Hogan and Bischoff took control of TNA, and you sort of came in and you know you you, you aligned yourself with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and then afterwards, you know yeah. Hulk Hogan basically Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff were their separate thing, and basically made it clear that it was different times and they were going to be teaming up with you guys. And so, how did this all go about with you? How did you get yourself to come back to Impact for this twenty ten? Uh, I was living in Mexico. Uh, I was I was working down there, but that was, you know, it's funny how tight, you know, like it was good timing. It was good. It got me out of Mexico when they called me for that, um, because my run was coming to an end down there, and like uh, I had a couple of bad experiences drug wise, and that's after I'd already been through rehab again and like. You know, um, uh, so yeah, when they call me for that, and I think I just left everything in the, in my room in Mexico and never went back. Yeah, and Taya Valkyrie got my room down there. Oh wow! So she was. Fuck! In I don't even to... want to know some of the shit she must have found in that. I was room. gonna say yeah, she had to probably you know because you didn't pack Fuck. anything up right, you right. just left it there. Fucking drug paraphernalia everywhere. Who knows, right? Like. Anyways, you'd have to ask her. So what were your thoughts going back? Like, hey, I'm finally leaving Mexico, moving on to this new thing. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? 
Or I just thought, okay, they're going to try, you know, okay, Hulk's there, you know, Cub Scott, Bischoff. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to do something big, you know. Um, you know, and they were trying to go do this head-to-head thing, you know, we're firing yeah. the first shot. Like, they actually talked about we're firing the first shot in the were you a fan of that? Were you just like, I, yeah. If they were really going to actually do it, I'm like, so, like, if you really want to, like, I even told Eric at the back then, I'm like, like, why don't you give them a taste of their own medicine? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, why don't, you, why don't we fucking invade them? Nobody wanted to even fucking <laughs> think about doing that. Oh, man. So do you think that? Like, if- let's not talk tough like we're going to fucking war then if we're, if. So was it a mistake then, essentially? Do you think it was a mistake for them to say going head-to-head with Raw? I don't know. I they, they did. It was a lot of mistakes at that time. I came in, you know, and, and I think I think it pretty good. You know, but I was still not healthy mentally. Uh, you know, healthier than I was at other times. But uh, And then, uh, anyways, you want to keep... Keep yeah, going. so what were some of the bigger changes or things that you maybe disliked or liked that were different, you know, from four years from when you were there? Mm. Like, what was the big changes? I mean, obviously, besides... Well, Russo Hulk. was back uh, calling the shots, and so I thought that was weird because I thought Eric and Hulk and them were, and, you know. Um, I just remember not liking something creatively and, like... You know, saying something about it, and I just remember Russo not wanting to hear any of it, like not wanting to be contradicted, not wanting to be questioned, not wanting to have his plans, you know, changed or any anything like that. And I didn't like that whatsoever, like not wanting feedback or input from the guys that are out actually going out there and fucking doing it. Wow. So from no one at all, he just didn't want the feedback. No way. No. And that doesn't land well, obviously, no. with you guys and everybody no. else. So people weren't happy about no. that. No. And then you having guys, and I know it's their job, but when they come up to you and, and like as a quote unquote agent slash producer, trying to like you know give you guidance in your match, and they fucking they have no business fucking doing that. It's it's kind of weird, awkward. You know, I'm not gonna name names, right? But it was just I. It was like, whatever. So at this point here, also the other, the other thing I wanted to know is, do you think that they made a mistake by not, by basically keeping impact at the impact zone and not traveling? Um, I don't think they had a choice. What do you think they, they could have done differently to sort of, because you know, one of the things about impact that this period essentially sort of caused was, you know, like we said, that big stench that yeah. people, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, impact, like they would do this or, you know, just sure. basically not a good vibe from them afterwards. Yeah, I just what do you think, think they, they could have sh- done differently? Uh, use us to to elevate the, you know, the, the talent. The younger talent, The younger yeah. talent. The guys that were obviously the, the ones that you want to go with. The AJs, the guys like that. Right. You know, um, not bring the fucking nasty boys in. You know, um, I, and, and 
I could see the same for me, except for I was still be, uh, able to go out there and have good matches. Right. You you, know? you were keeping up, like we mentioned Absolutely. earlier. Like, even just going back and watching your matches with AJ, Jerry Lynn, etc. Like, because just, it seems like they could have gone really far just, like, having you and Jerry Lynn be the, you know, the guys that are guiding the younger talent. Yeah. I feel like they could have gone very mm-hmm. far with that. Yeah. So, uh, I, I tell you, there was some some things I really liked about this short little run I had there. Uh, it was the stuff that I did with Eric Young. It was really, it was really good stuff. Right. Uh, it was really hot, and like our interactions in the ring were really good. And he, we had he a always... lot of intensity, uh, and we had a really good little uh, cage match tag. It was like me, Scott, and Kev versus Jeff Hardy, RVD, and and Eric Young. Okay. And uh, poor, I, I knocked out. I knocked our. I, I knocked Rob out before he even got in the ring. It was fucked up. Jesus Christ! I got gum on my. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So um, we were all three supposed to meet Rob, Jeff, and I don't know if Eric. Anyways, we were all supposed to meet them out on the ramp and beat them down. But when we tried to get out, Scott and Kev couldn't get out of the ring because it was all like it was too it was too cramped quarters to climb through the ropes and get out the cage door. So I had to go out on the ramp and beat. I don't think it was all three of them. It was just two of them at the time. But I had to I had to kick the shit out of Rob and Jeff at the same time oh, all by myself. Man. So I knocked. I, I legit knocked Rob out cold with a spinning crescent kick. Um, and like when I apologized to him later, he didn't even know what I was talking about until he went back and watched oh, and he goes, Oh, man. I didn't know what you're talking about. Cause you knocked me the fuck out. So, um, uh, but yeah. And I think, and Eric Young dropped an elbow off the top of the cage onto me. That was pretty sweet. That was nice. Well, one of the things that Eric Young always had is a lot of charisma. That's one of the things that I've always personally liked about him is like his very strong character. Is that one of the things you noticed right off the bat with him? Who? With Eric Young? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's always yeah. had that, I feel like. I he always, always brought thought, very unique, uniqueness. I always thought in that Team Canada thing because everyone was like, you know, looking at Rude as that guy. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's nothing against Rob, but he right. was the obvious guy. And I was like, this is the guy you got to look out for, Eric Young. He's the, the talent there. No, excuse me. All right. So then um, pretty much after this, you know, after April 2010 that you were officially gone afterwards from Impact and uh, I'm sorry, from TNA. And so there's. um, Yeah. Do you want to talk about why I left? Yeah. Why did you leave? I don't think so. Uh, So we set up this match that was supposed to be at this pay-per-view and I think it was St. Louis or something. Okay. And it was supposed to be Scott and Kevin and I versus the Dudleys and Jesse. Was the guy with the mohawk? He had like tattoos and a mohawk. Because I have here that you're, I know, because you were, yeah, with, you were working with uh, with uh, Team 3D. Yeah. And that was the last thing that basically happened on, because, oh, because on, oh, Destination X. Yes. That was when you were basically fired from the company on the spot, right? No, because that's what I have here on here. For it was April 18, twenty ten. Yeah. So is that the mat like the the match I was supposed to have with three D and that? 
Okay, so okay, so April twelfth, you had okay, so it was Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, yourself. You guys beat Team Three, um, Team Three D, and on Jesse Neal in yeah. a street fight. Okay, yeah. that was on Impact. The following week after that was when you were you no know, showed the pay per view and was fired on the spot. Yeah, and that's and they told everyone I no showed. Okay, so that's not correct. Absolutely not. They fucking lied through their teeth to make me look like a piece of shit. And there's a reason why I'm pretty sure they did that. But um, so. A lot of people know, some people don't, that I had hepatitis C. And so when I went to take my um, my physical and all that, because Missouri's a... Um, Laws? It's a com- commission state. Okay, and, okay. And even some commission states, they don't have, you don't have to do blood work for pro wrestling. Right. They did, and so it came out, you know, came up, I came positive for hepatitis C, and that's obviously like you know, kind of confidential information, right? So, and I still would have shown up to the show, but they just said, no, you don't need to come. And then they fucking said, oh, yeah, Waltman, no show. Do you know Waltman? They actually had Taz do it. They actually had Taz go, oh, yeah, it's Sean Waltman being Sean Waltman. Fucking no show. So, I mean, they could have definitely done it a different way without having you to get involved. Of course. Wow. So were you upset when you heard that? I was extremely pissed off about that. And then you had to come back the week after and basically get uh, taken out backstage by by, by, T3D. Well, I didn't have to, but I did. Okay. Well, I'm surprised that you decided, like, okay, fine, I'll do this, even though, you know, you guys decided to say this about me, you know? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was a fucking really piece of shit thing to do yeah quick question i'm hopping in from the booth sean do you regret going back after being dropped from tna to do that little segment you mentioned um i don't know because they were still telling me like okay because you know when i before that when i came to tv and you know we're discussing now we're gonna handle this like dixie carter came up and hugged me and goes we'll get through this together you know, it was just such disingenuous fucking bullshit. You know, that's why I don't know. I don't want to get too off into, you know, getting bitter about things because I'm not anymore. Right. You know, but I was pissed off at the time. So now my last question to you is going back and like everything that we talked about and going seeing your run at TNA. What would you say was like your favorite part of that? Or your most memorable thing that you remember from that, that you actually like really felt like, you know what, I really enjoyed that. The stuff I did with Jerry, and I got to do some more stuff with Jerry there. Uh, um, I don't know, there was a lot of stuff I, I really enjoyed, like the King of the Mountain match you're talking about. That was um, fun, different, creative. Yeah, just being able to work with, you know, just, you know, the Candido Cup stuff, any of that. Um, yeah. I think you liked working also, like, you know, obviously with the younger talent, yeah. seeing what's new out there, having different types sure. of matches that, you know, maybe didn't have elsewhere, you know, that sort of thing. Because that was fun to see and sort of, you know, my thing is, like, you always, like, when you work with different guys, like, you, you know, do different stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I, I'm grateful for, for, for that, for my experiences with TNA. Yeah. And I think, like, ever since then, like, there's still been bringing up so many young guys that we've seen, like, flourish and eventually go to WWE, which is really cool, obviously. So many people that you can name that, you know, I started watching on Impact, and all of a sudden, oh, man, a few years later, they're doing this now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So anything else you want to add or? Nah. 
I thought about thought about a couple of things, but that's that has nothing to do with my run there. So, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I guess we're, it's a, well, I guess we're wrapping a, it up. Or? Denise, I thank you for uh, being very well prepared for this. I think you did a good job. Thank you. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed talking about it, reliving, you know, revisiting some of that stuff. Um, you know, anything you want to add before we get the no, fuck just out of here? guys, do not forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, you name it. Xpoc One Two Three Sixty Show on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for highlights, clips, and more. All right, you can follow me. Did you already say where you could follow me? No. Jesus Christ, I can't even remember what you said. 20 I, I seconds the, ago. I said the show stuff. The show yeah, stuff. At the real X Puck on Twitter. At real X Puck on Instagram. You know, all that. At its baby Lula for Lou. Anyways. All right. See you next week. Love you guys. Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Sean Waltman, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, thank you for tuning in to X-Pac 12360.